Right, we're about to see a technological miracle now. Uh, this is the Bugle Live uh, podcast. We will now be linking up through the tiny screen on stage after certain technical... Th- oh, there, there it is. It's producer Chris in London. <laughs> right. My, uh, my seven-year-old and two-year-old are right next to me right now, so I won't reply. <laughs> Right, well, they've got to learn, Chris. After three, everyone. One, two, three. You, Chris. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, there it is. The Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Chris. Um, Hello, Andy. Uh, welcome uh, to, uh, to, the, to the show. Um, essentially, what the Bugle podcast is, is the one remaining vehicle of pure truth uh, in, <laughs> in the known universe. Um, uh, so, uh, for those new to the show, this is Chris, who produced the show. Also in the room tonight, very excitingly, we have Chris's predecessor, Tom... Yeah, see, see, Chris, see, no one told him to go f- himself. <laughs> then that'd be a lesson to you, mate. Where is he, Andy? He's over Sing there. him out, make him feel, make him oh, feel like he's known. Well, I mean, it's a bit hard to see, but he's at the back of the room. Oh, there he is. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, so we have Chris on this tiny, uh, tiny screen. This is... The Bugle uh, live, live from Melbourne. It's doubling up as issue 4,215 of uh, The Bugle. For those unfamiliar with the show, we skipped out, was it about 3,700 episodes at one point? <laughs> Went from 294 to 4,001. <laughs> so, um, uh, so there haven't been that many, but there have been a lot of episodes. If you, if you don't want to catch up, I think it would now take you about six weeks listening 24-7 to catch up. So, um, just try and clear the decks. <laughs> um, looks like the world might have more time for podcast listening over the next few weeks anyway. So, um, um, so uh, The Bugle is uh, the world's leading and only audio newspaper for a visual world. I am Andy Zaltzman. Can you back me up on this, Melbourne? <laughs> Who am I? Well, I think that's good enough for me. That's proof. Um, it's, uh, it's the 22nd of December, uh, 2021. And for the very first time in my life, I'm uh, here in the Southern Hemisphere for Christmas, um, which I think makes everything kosher uh, as a lapsed Jew. Um, um, everything's different. I've, as, you know, I've, I've come, I've, a few, few times I've been, um, I've been to, the, uh, to the Southern Hemisphere to um, uh, watch my career go the other way down the plug hole. And, um, um, but, so everything happens differently at Christmas here because, uh, you know, everything's different in the... Southern Hemisphere, things opposite. So children excitedly wake up to find live reindeer in their Christmas stockings, um, to find a large sentient cake eating their grandparents, and Jesus being born on the cross. Um, um, so, uh, well, I'm, I'm here for uh, uh, largely the, the, the cricket. I'm here with the BBC cricket coverage. You cricket fans? Yes, uh, congratulations. Um, I will expect sympathy and uh, shoulders to cry on at a later point in the gig. 
Um, and um, uh, who's not a cricket fan? What the fuck are you losers doing with your lives? Uh, we are recording here on the 22nd of December 2021 on this day in the year 401 AD Pope Innocent I was elected the only Pope to any guesses? Uh, have kids? Not quite. Take a Pfeiffer on debut for the Vatican in a test match against England. That's basically the only country we've never f***ing lost to actually mate. <laughs> This is a very, this is a crickety crowd. I can sense it. This uh, may confuse our American listeners. <laughs> it's not always been this way uh, as a pope. Pope Innocent I was the only pope ever to succeed his father, uh, <laughs> which I mean that must have been an awkward, <laughs> must have been an awkward, awkward job interview. So what did you say your dad did again? Are you sure you're right for this job? Um, uh, Saturday the 25th is... Well, I'm surprised how few of you knew that. Actually, that um, um, doesn't bode uh, too well for this gig. Uh, Christmas, uh, the notorious capitalist festival that historians believe may have had its origins in a humble Christian ritual. Um, and uh, as part of the Bugle's Christmas celebrations, we're now going to have a Bugle Christmas quiz! Um, uh, of, of course, quizzes are part of the tradition of Christmas, right back to the very first Christmas and the uh, famous quiz. Uh, so, Mary, can you tell me, is the father of this baby A, me, brackets, Joseph, your long-term boy? Is it B, as you claim, God? Or is it C, Luigi, your yoga instructor? Um... um so we will now have a, a bugle, uh, bugle quiz. Question one, and you can just shout out your answers as a group. Multiple choice. Uh, King Herod, um, which is short for Alexander Rodriguez, of course. Um, <laughs> one for any baseball fans in. Um, his uh, controversial policy of killing all male children under the age of two is now widely considered to be what? A, bullshit. Uh, B, against EU law. C, an attention-seeking act of performative north-wave feminism. <coughs> D, economically short-termist. Or E, all of the above. E, e, e is the correct answer. Uh, well done, Melbourne, you're 1-0 up. Um, uh, question two, what do historians now think the self-styled three wise men actually brought as gifts to the infant Christ child? Was it A... Gold, frankincense, and a box of cheap chocolates from the last service station on the road into Bethlehem? Was it B, an action man of Samson, a Barbie doll of the prophet Ruth, and Go Go Goliath, the hit board game where you had to flick little marbles out of a miniature sling to knock over a plastic philistine? Was it D, a teach-yourself-magic kit, the book Parable Writing for Dummies and Vouchers for Donkey Riding Lessons? Or was it D, a gimp mask, whips, handcuffs and, th and thigh-high leather boots after a terrible misunderstanding? It's C. Uh, C. C is the correct answer. And finally, uh, in our Christmas quiz, question three. Before Jesus was born, what did Santa Claus and his reindeer uh, do for a job? Was it A, mostly pizza deliveries? Was it B, emergency building repairs and rescues? Was it C, pest control, uh, locust distraction mostly? Uh, was it D, corporate experience days? Or was it E, they just argued? Uh, I'm, 
I'm telling you, uh, fellas, the business plan is sound. We just need the right messiah. A, B, C, D, or E? E! e. Uh, it's actually corporate experience days. Um, so there you go. Melbourne, you got uh, one and a half out of three. As always, a section of the bugle is going where? Hillary. It's going where, Melbourne? Oh, and this, of course, on uh, this Christmas, this is essentially how religions start. Um, (laughs) He picked up his bed and... (laughs) What? Anyway, right, okay. Although what that doesn't tell you is tone of voice. That's the thing with Bible stories. And when Jesus said, pick up your bed and walk, um, he might have just been a kind of (laughs) right-wing politician. (laughs) Pick up your bed and walk. There's no handouts for you, my mate. Chris, do you want to play a sting? Because that was quite a long intro. That's it. It's what, Chris? Chris, at what point was this bring your child to work then? Um, I mean, it, 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 it's not work anymore. We don't, we don't go to work anymore, Andy. This, 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 is, this is my life. This is all our lives for the last 18 months. It's like, this is my office, that's my kitchen, and that's my living room. Hi, Aussies. <laughs> Uh, right, so it's time to meet our guests for the Bugle Live. Uh, I realise I'm introducing people that some of you didn't even know you were going to see. <laughs> Could be a good thing or a bad thing. Um, uh, I'm delighted, firstly, to welcome back to the Bugle Australia's greatest living human. I mean, not everything I say on this show is true, but look, still, still uh, <laughs> a fantastic uh, comedian. Uh, great pleasure to welcome him to the Bugle Show. Please welcome Tom Ballard! No f***ing pressure with that intro, Andy. Thanks very much. <laughs> the greatest living human. No, greatest living Australian. It's not a very high bar. Oh. <laughs> not since Madge died. Um, <laughs> Get on with it. I'm in a bad mood. I was expecting satirist for hire. <laughs> sort of left with this bullshit. <laughs> how, how, how are you? Uh, how's, uh, how's your 2021 been? As, as great years as... Uh, <laughs> So good. Oh, really? <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we move on? Next topic, please. <laughs> okay. No, I've had please. a great time, but the thing that comforts me, of course, is that, you know this time of year when we get to celebrate our, our Lord and Saviour Jesus yes. Christ. So, um, yeah. Fucking <laughs> splitter. <laughs> so, well, it's nice to have Tom on the show because you know he teased me about being Jewish, and I tease him that my Lord is going to um, burn him in the fires of eternal damnation for the way he lives his life. So, it's a beautiful friendship. <laughs> um, Muzzles off, dear friend. <laughs> Joining us uh, today uh, for On the Bugle for the very first time, it is a huge pleasure uh, to welcome all the way from uh, well, Melbourne, uh, but originally <laughs> from Wales, a man who's not only a tremendous comedian, but also someone who knows way more about blues music than most people his age from Wales. <laughs> Probably from everyone your age from Wales put together, I think. <laughs> Please welcome to the Bugle the wonderful Lloyd Langford. <laughs> welcome, Lloyd. Thank you. Um, well, welcome to the to the Bugle. Um, you've joined an illustrious uh, cast that uh, that began with with me and John Oliver and, and Tom, uh, the former producer who's here. So you are the latest. Lloyd and I used to play football together 
in uh, when Lloyd lived lived in the correct we, hemisphere. We used to play uh, football with other comedians, and uh, they would always be talking about um, like corporates and uh, television and uh, poontang, <laughs> and we just talk about muddy waters. <laughs> That was a particularly loose girl who lived in the village. <laughs> oh, we'll had a hell of a night with Muddy Waters, I tell you. I, now I have to go get checked. <laughs> Muddy Waters also where I ended up after a gig at Swansea University. <laughs> um, now, Lloyd, uh, you, yes. um, you have recently uh, had a baby. No, I mean, not. I mean, it's a team effort these days. Isn't it? <laughs> but, um, so, uh, and your baby is how old? Uh, seven to eight weeks. Right. So that is, your baby is <laughs> slightly younger than Alice Fraser's baby. Uh, so you are now the champion of uh, Bugle co-hosts with the youngest child. At um, the end of the show, we're going to get them on stage to fight. <laughs> um, but can you tell me from your seven weeks of parenting experience, what, what are your tips for any uh, would-be parents out there? <laughs> oh. Can um, I just one tip to you? Know how old your baby is. <laughs> like, maybe it's cute at the start, but like, you really should get pretty specific pretty quick. <laughs> I, I'll I'll acknowledge its age. It. When, yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't gendered the baby. Yeah, oh, yeah you don't, don't come here with I'm your old sorry. style views. I'm sorry. I'm fucking cancelled. <laughs> I'll acknowledge its, its age when it turns one. <laughs> Up until then, don't just f- come out with this <laughs> weak nonsense. Fair enough. I can tell you the date of birth if anyone's good at maths. Right. Well, I'm here to do cricket statistics. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's your, one, your top tip from seven weeks of uh, daddying? One of the things that the midwife showed me is um, when you're changing the nappy, right. get the fresh n- nappy underneath. Right. The um, soiled nappy. Right. Because otherwise you spend, I say, a good 45% of your time uh, <laughs> cleaning shit off a change table. <laughs> Which is the title of Lloyd's new parenting podcast. <laughs> I've also been daddying recently, but it's a very different... <laughs> um, Family show, Tom. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Tom Ballard, an abomination in the eyes of God. <laughs> And loving it, baby! (laughs) (laughs) Right, Chris, it's time for Top Story. (laughs) (laughs) Top Story this week, uh, the Australia-UK trade deal. Uh, Are you all excited about that here in Australia? (laughs) Uh, We are f***ing beside ourselves. What some moment the benefits of Brexit just keep cascading <laughs> into the bounteous bosom of Britannia. Uh, this uh, this new trade deal, uh, I mean, what a trade deal! It could boost the size of the UK economy, which let's not forget is God's favourite economy. <laughs> of course, that's why he appointed the Queen to look after it. Um, his only daughter. Um, the, uh, uh, the trade deal is going to boost the size of the UK economy by a staggeringly impressive 0.08%. <laughs> there we go. 
impressive, imperceptible potato potato. Um, the margin of error with <laughs> any uh, prophylactic. <laughs> well, you, you sound like you're speaking from recent and bitter experience there, Lloyd. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lloyd, as someone who's, who's, uh, who's now living in Australia from, from the UK, you must have, I mean, this must have been such an exciting time for you. Yes, well, um, a Australian trade union leader said uh, this was a very... Bad idea for Australia. Recording Be- in progress. Oh, uh, thanks. <laughs> mate, mate. Chris. <laughs> I think I better Chris, choose my words carefully. You, no one would notice that. Um, Andy, are you yeah. aware that uh, your line has been compromised? <laughs> You are currently being hacked by a robot. <laughs> How long has this show been going for? <laughs> that you were somehow less professional? Yeah, well, that's because that f***er over there emigrated and left us in the lurch <laughs> with this loser. <laughs> um, yeah. Chris, Chris, have you been recording any of this until now? Recording what? <laughs> <laughs> Truly, f*** you, Chris. Chris. He's paying something like £1.95 a minute for this. It's being recorded at the back of the room, don't worry. This is, this is a ruthlessly professional operation. We're all fine. We've also got five stenographers in the audience. <laughs> there is someone at the back currently beavering away at a tapestry. <laughs> oh, it's, that's a British podcast. That's traditionally how we record history. Um, you so would... th- this trade deal, uh, Thomas, I mean, you, you want Yeah, to... yeah, forget about me. <laughs> Come back to you later. <laughs> I didn't get to do his funny yeah, no, joke. I mean, oh, sorry. Right. You're absolutely right. The moment had passed. <laughs> <laughs> so feel free to talk, Tom. <laughs> I'll give you a tip. You Recording better... in progress. <laughs> you better be quick. <laughs> you have... 20 minutes of podcast left. <laughs> to pay for more podcasts, press four now. Well, I'm livid about the trade deal, Andy. Right. I what? think it's no good. Right, why's that, Tom? Looking at this stage up here, it's already 66% Brits. <laughs> here I am, a typical Aussie bloke. <laughs> you, you are, I've always said it, Tom Ballard, what an ocker. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <an> oath, mate. <laughs> And I'm up here doing the bugle, a bloody treasured Australian institution, and I'm competing with bloody Mr. Welshy Faceface and a frizzy haired London Jew. I mean, goddamn! It's a disgrace, and, uh, and uh, according to these other notes of my hilarious riffing, <laughs> I'm worried about the deal. Before we know it, thanks to this deal, the entire Australian comedy scene is going to be awash with imported acts from Britain, like Adam Hills and Felicity Ward. Let's take our country back, people! <laughs> oh. oh, dear. Oh, that's a dance as old as time itself. Um, <laughs> so, Lloyd, uh, just uh, as you know, the Bugles' um, Anglo-Australian trade um, correspondent. Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, how? Uh, I mean, it's, this has really shaken the world to its core, hasn't it? This massive trade deal to swap fish fingers or whatever it is. <laughs> 
I was very confused when they said uh, the Brits are still going to import Australian beef and lamb, and they, they're still going to have to uh, do quarters. Like, we have our own beef and lamb. Yeah. Why don't we get some of the, like, Australian meats that we don't have? Right. Like, if I was in the UK now, like, I wouldn't be interested in eating, like, a, an Australian sheep. Right. But, like, a platypus. <laughs> right. Oh, well, I guess it could open the door. You that. could have the, the meat, meat and egg. Right. <laughs> it's, a mono, it's a mono dream, right? Yeah. But what you're describing there is the complete all-in-one breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Or like a wombat burger. <laughs> like, stop holding back all the f***ing exotic animals. <laughs> like, nothing beats Welsh lamb. Right. And an Australian lamb that's been, flo- like... Yeah, but you should, you should know, uh, Lloyd, being Welsh as you are, without breaking confidence, um, <laughs> that, you know, the danger of eating these, these, these rarer species, yep. because in, dra- in Wales now, all the dragons were eaten and there are no <laughs> dragons left. <laughs> So you, you, above all people, should know the dangers of this. We'll send you some kangaroos and wombats if you send us some swans. <laughs> <laughs> very, very difficult uh, to overcook a uh, dragon. <laughs> <laughs> you put a flame to it and it, and it does absolutely nothing to the... I don't like uh, free trade, Andy. I prefer fair trade. Okay, that's right. what I'm about. Yep. Example, you give us Harry Styles, we give you Rolf Harris. Okay, to keep... <laughs> That's fair. That's a fair swap. We have him currently, don't we? Oh, yeah, we? yeah. Yeah, th- thanks for doing us a solid there. We appreciate it. <laughs> Give us back our Minogues. <laughs> well, one of them, anyway. <laughs> um, so, the, so, so, it, so it's going to be 0.08% uh, increase in uh, UK GDP. So the long-term cost of leaving the EU is estimated to be a tiny little 4% of GDP. Um, and we're getting 0.08%, from, which is... I mean, mathematically, that's the same as four, isn't it? Have we got any scientists uh, in? Now, I mean, cynics might say this trade deal is essentially the equivalent of starting a new fitness regime by putting on a roller skate when you haven't even bandaged the wound on your other leg after chainsawing it off yourself <laughs> below the hip. And those cynics would be right, but that's not the f***ing point. It's a lovely roller skate... And just wait until we sign a train deal to the mighty Solomon Islands as well. Um, uh, farming has been particularly... Uh, the British farming sec- sector has reacted to the trade deal very much the same way as England captain Joe Roots reacted to being struck by a 90-mile-an-hour cricket ball <laughs> right in the f***ing plums um, <laughs> for the second time in a day. LAUGHTER um, so the, the <laughs> agricultural sector is not, not, not impressed. And, and then actually, there are quite, quite a lot of parallels, actually. You've got two balls in the snudges in a single day, uh, Joe, Joe Root. He got one in mo- after choosing to do morning practice without a box. And he got hit in the nuts there. So the parallels are uncanny because farmers broadly voted to leave the EU. <laughs> and, you know, what is Brexit if not an avoidable thwack to the proverbial national scrotum? Um... um it's I good mean, for wine, though. You guys are going right. to be getting our sweet, sweet Australian wine, yeah. uh, the elimination of all tariffs. So now you can enjoy beautiful Australian wines, Andy, such as Sheila Shiraz, <laughs> Fwakken Pinot, <laughs> Struth Malbec, 
Yeah, I should have. Li- yeah, the order's not right here. And uh, Offshore Oasis, which is made not from grapes, but from the tears of the refugees we keep held on prison islands. <laughs> that's a lovely drop. <laughs> I believe that's the house wine at the Home Office in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> So we're hoping to be able to, the British wine industry's really taken off. We'll be making our own in a couple of years. So oh, it's, great. It's to, have you ever had a have you ever had a Gutenberg? <laughs> First time on the show and you're already asking me that. <laughs> a, 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 a I've had a Gutenberg, but again it's very different. <laughs> it, it's it's part of the daddy experience. Uh, a goon bag. A goon bag. It's like a um, <laughs> It's a, uh, in your uh, accent, it sounds like a mythical creature. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we, we, we killed all the dragons, so <laughs> then we had to move on to the goonbugs. <laughs> it's, um, it's like an Australian uh, delicacy. Right. <laughs> it's a, like a bag of um, bad <laughs> wine. Oh, right, okay. And you, um, you attach it to your um, washing Intravenous line. Intravenous strip. No, no. <laughs> You attach it to your um, Hills, Hills Hoist uh, circular washing right. line, okay. and then you all stand around in a circle, right. and then someone spins the washing line, and then, right. w- like, when it. I can't believe you haven't right. done this. <laughs> I had to do it as part of my partnership visa. Right. <laughs> That's how the child happened. <laughs> Uh, well, I think the conclusion from that is that um, Federation in 1901 is really not f***ing working out. <laughs> right. um, the British government's been accused of selling farmers down the river, and the government response was, oh, I didn't know we could sell farmers. <laughs> That's uh, something we can put on the next trade deal. We don't need them anymore. We've got, um, uh, what do you reckon? What, £995 a farmer? I reckon, let's launch it at 995 and drop it to 649 in the January sales. <laughs> that is the nation we are now. We are trading global Britain. This is what, this is what was said when... We voted for Brexit, uh, that um, Britain had regained its, its mojo and we were going to be uh, a great global nation again, global Britain. And you could kind of sense the rest of the world, hear those words, turn to each other nervously and say, nail everything down. <laughs> um, part of the deal is that um, uh, British 18 to 35-year-olds... Oh, yeah, I'm, out- be... I'm outside of that. Are you outside of how old are you now? Fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Welsh. They go backwards. They, they hit 35 and they turn straight round. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm 38. I'm 30. yeah. Yeah. God, that makes me feel f***ing old. How old were you when, I first, when we first gigged together? You were about 20. I was a child, you? yeah. yeah I'd, um, wh- I scraped him out of an orphanage and said, <laughs> I'm going to make you a star, kid. And here we are now. So <laughs> When, when I first met you and John uh, Oliver, I was a teenage boy. Right. And those things you did. <laughs> <laughs> what? Top quality satire? <laughs> That's why he had to emigrate. <laughs> uh, have you heard yeah. of John Oliver? Has, has anyone here not heard of John Oliver? Please, please. Yes! <laughs> One! Get in! Everyone in this room has heard of Andy Zaltzman. Everyone! <laughs> Who's the... F- yeah. Who's the f***ing big dog now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But anyway, I would say that the right to come to Australia as an 18 to 35-year-old to work for three years is way, way better for young British people than the rights to go and live, work and build your lives in any one of 27 countries across Europe, uh, which <laughs> is, according to scientists, the continent on which Britain currently is. Uh, but, you know, I think far better to be able to come for three years to the other side of the world to do a uh, range of jobs. So, um, so it's all, um, all positive. Despite this wonderful trade deal, um, however, uh, Tom, uh, Scott Morrison, mm. your, um, your beloved leader... Um, <laughs> Shout out for Scobo! <laughs> Hello, <laughs> shit crowd. <laughs> uh, his uh, his poll ratings have been have been falling. Oh no! Um, <laughs> but he's um, so cool and down to earth. <laughs> I mean, what, what can? I mean, he's got, gone down by nineteen points in a year. What I mean, what can, what can possibly explain? Um, his personality, this? ideology, and general outlook. All right, okay. That's it. But yeah. it's no. But look, look but if if you if you ignore everything he says and does, he's quite good. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> he's scomo, and he's he's very boring, and that's my main problem. He's right. evil but boring at the same time. All right. Where uh, Donald Trump? The other, don't you? you well, Donald Trump was entertaining. He yeah. tweets funny shit and f- a porn star. Scott Morrison looks like his safe word is spreadsheets. <laughs> and I'm just like, grow a mustache or something. He did, he did once um, shit himself in a McDonald's. Yes. <laughs> oh, that was definitely, that was part of your citizenship test, wasn't it? <laughs> that was straight after the goon bug for me. <laughs> You've got to know the one who shat himself in the McDonald's and the one who never came back from a swim. That's the key to get into Australia, I think, isn't it? It's pretty. I mean, he's been tanky, yes, this year because yeah, people were very furious about the um, the vaccine rollout, uh, which Scott, Scott Morrison famously described as not a race. It's not a race to get vaccine, uh, which is exactly what fat kids like me used to say during cross country at high school. <laughs> it's not a race, everyone. The main thing is we're having fun. But he's he's not very he's not very popular, and like the the it's the, the polls are narrowing between him and Anthony Albanese. And I did say part of this poll that was reported on this week said that twenty seven percent of respondents don't know who they prefer between Albanese and Scott Morrison. Now both of these men have been in their jobs for like three years, and in Australian politics, that's a very long time. <laughs> Normally, leaders get a chance to put their name on the stationery and then are immediately beheaded in a bloody coup. <laughs> and sent to live out their days on Christmas Island, okay? But these guys have both been there for three years and people still don't know when asked which of these heads are less of a head. People go, it's still a line call. I can't figure it out. More than, like, 27%. That's crazy. Right. So I I was intrigued by the the term approval rating, um, which which seems kind of inappropriate for modern modern politics, don't you think? I mean, disapproval rating, they they measure that as well. I think I can't even look at the bastard rating (laughs) would be better. Maybe uh, if they were the only candidate on the ballot paper, I'd write out a festering pile of rotting donkey flesh and vote for that instead rating. That would be good. Maybe even I would rather vomit uh, a pregnant porcupine and then down a pint of vinegar than listen to this self-serving crook speak for a second more rating, Um, which I think for uh, for, for Scott Morrison would be roundabout... 23% 23% of people go for that. Um, <laughs> Boris Johnson on that one. 100% of people <laughs> about Boris Johnson. Well, that is only, only uh, a poll I did of me. And also, <laughs> I do like vinegar. Um, and, <laughs> and I know how to grease a porcupine. But look, I, 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 it's very, very difficult to get malt vinegar in Australia, is it? I've found. Shit. Yeah. That's the, I mean, that's, that's the good how stuff. How do you people? You are animals. 
if you ask if you if, if you ask for vinegar for your chips, right? Uh, they normally look at you confused, right? And then they come back with this kind of clear, right? Liquid, right? You can't get more. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. a fucking abomination. Or something. <laughs> oh um, yeah, we make up for it with uh, sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, there's no fucking mushy peas. But there is a fucking paradise out there. We apologise. <laughs> I, I can mush my own peas, but I can't malt my own vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a muddy water song, actually, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, so for a final bit of Australian uh, political story, uh, Tom. Um, Joe Hilden, Hildebrand, <laughs> um, who you've described in capital letters. And I assume this is an acronym as MORON. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Has encouraged Australia to deal with COVID in a rather unusual way. Yes. Joe Hildebrand is an ill-informed, ignorant dunce spouting opinions on a regular... He's like your Prime Minister. And... um, he, he wrote an opinion piece that he copped a lot of heat for in which he sort of said that we're just overreacting, okay? Australia, we're bedwetters. He wrote, we Australians like to think that we're a tough lot, but the truth is we're a bunch of bedwetters. It's time we found our balls. And I'm not the first one to point this out, but that really does read like Joe Hildebrand thinks that the urine is in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is not a great opening to a piece in which you want people to take you seriously. <laughs> For months we've been told that when COVID restrictions eased, case numbers would naturally increase, but there was no need for panic. And so what happened? Case numbers increased and we sharded our britches. Rude. This is the inconvenient truth that COVID has exposed. There are two Australias. One is the rugged, relaxed and confident character of our national mythos, and the other is the anxious, angry and cosseted character who demands unconditional protection from all life slings and arrows. Now I'd actually argue there's three Australias. Uh, Andy, there's those two Australias that Joe Hildebrand describes, and there's actually a third Australia, a rugged, relaxed, confident, thoughtful, cheeky, charming, and ripped Australia. (laughs) An Australia that likes to get a little crazy on the weekend. An Australia that likes to get a little freaky in the bedroom. (laughs) A verse bottom Australia. (laughs) A dirty little freak of Australia. Ooh, you like that, don't you? Ooh, oh, f*** me, Australia. (laughs) Sorry, I got lost in the writing of that. (laughs) But he also said that no one is suggesting that we go back to licking toilet seats, but the eagerness of states to enforce once unthinkable restrictions in the name of our protection has fueled the sense that the government is wholly responsible for our health and well-being. So apparently he's he's holding back on licking toilet seats. (laughs) That Eventually, once we get the booster shots, then we'll be able to return to that beloved activity (laughs) where we can lick up all the piss that comes from within the balls. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what Joe Hildebrand is going for. Right. Are we all learning? We're yeah. learning. We're learning. Yeah, this, this is one of the problems I've found moving to Australia because I've, I've got to um, relearn uh, who all of the bellends are in the country. <laughs> so I, like, I wouldn't know, like, you know, f- I, like I, I trust people, you know, so like I, I could end up in, like, I don't know, f***ing Pauline Hansen's fish and chip shop. <laughs> Or, you know, like a new parents group with Sonia Kruger. <laughs> and then afterwards I go on their Wikipedia page and I'm like, oh, this is an error. <laughs> <laughs> they are a notably bad person. <laughs> I, asked, I asked Anne, who, uh, my partner Anne, who uh, Joe Hildebrand was, and she said he's like a sort of um, cut-priced Piers Morgan. <laughs> wow. 
And I, I read this article, right? And he's talking about, like, Australia needs to grow some balls. Mm. Australia should stop bedwetting. Australia needs to do this. Th-. I was like, this... I'm going to look up a photograph of this guy because he's obviously a beefy muscle man. <laughs> he's obviously a, a quivering hunk of testosterone <laughs> who's talking, telling it how it is. Yeah. And then I looked him up and I saw a photo of him and he's basically Egon from Ghostbusters. <laughs> Overcompensating. <laughs> a Joe Hildebrand fan leaving. <laughs> You've crossed the line, Lloyd. <laughs> but someone is curious, call isn't it, to to grow some balls? Yes. That's. I mean, when you look at you know things that have happened in history that have been bad, uh, balls tend to be involved. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, name one thing bad in history. Anyone? Joe Root. Oh. God, isn't it? Yeah, that's harsh, isn't it? Yeah, let's have some, let's have some human sympathy for a man <laughs> who's leading a really shit team with crushed testicles. <laughs> uh, Uncrushed dreams. I mean, you could have gone with Hitler or Stalin, but you went with Joe Root. Well, you know, there we go. Um, but, you know, they've mostly had balls. So, really, really, you should have been saying, to deal with these problems, I think the world needs fewer balls. Mm. Uh, it needs to lose some balls. Yep. But like no Hitler did. <laughs> he was in many ways a feminist. Is that, is that how it works? Uh, moving on uh, now to uh, Chris. Uh, how are you doing in London, by the way? How are we doing in London? Yeah. It's, uh, it's 10 o'clock and it's just about to get light. Right. It's one <laughs> degrees outside. Right. I looked through my photo highlights of the year yesterday, Andy. And my favourite photo was a picture of me complaining about a new bin because it had a hole in it. <laughs> it's been a great year back home. It's been a great <laughs> and absolutely, absolutely great. And I'm, I mean, COVID is, I mean, basically, COVID has basically overtaken pigeons now, isn't it? It's just like flying through the streets, shitting on people's cars. Uh, I, I, be- I believe uh, about one in 40 people in London currently have it. It's, uh, it's everywhere. It's right. absolutely everywhere. But, but, you know, I mean, it, it could be worse. It's not like we've got family to see over Christmas or anything. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's got, but it shows the, you know, the triumph of the British, the British attitude that we're at our best in adversity and we've given ourselves a f*** of a lot of adversity. <laughs> someday it's going to come good for us. Uh, I'm so glad both our governments have made it easy for you to travel here and, like, <laughs> just pass on the other crowd between the two nations. I think that's fantastic. It's all right. I'm Jewish. I'm immune. OK. So, so, um, <laughs> I believe that's, uh, that's one of the conspiracy theories. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, world news now. <laughs> and we are going to delve for the first time in Bugle history into Chilean politics. <laughs> um, uh, Chile. Uh, so, I mean, what, what's, what, do you consider yourself a millennial, either of you? Yes. Yes? Yeah, I think uh, technically I am. Right. So, I mean, what, I mean, you can't be a millennial. You like blues too much. I don't think... <laughs> Cannot be a millennial if you're obsessed with blues. You, you, you are definitely a millennial. I'm the voice of a generation, Andy. Right. So I mean, what? <laughs> what? Did she say, sing us a song? <laughs> I think she wants you to sing some Do Welsh it. blues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me muddy waters. <laughs> oh, I got broken up with. Oh, I don't have any vinegar. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm sorry, that's pretty racist. I'm, uh, I'm the voice of a generation. Unfortunately, that generation lived in around 30 AD. <laughs> <laughs> He's f***ing guilty! <laughs> um, <laughs> um, um, <laughs> uh, Just why you hate the Easter jokes at Christmas? Who gives a shit? <laughs> Everyone loves it. Uh, they both cost us market share. Now, um, <laughs> um, anyway, millennials in Chile do a bit more of their lives than you, Tom. They become president. Um, Gabriel Boric, or Boric, uh, 35 years old, has won the uh, presidential election. He's set to be the second youngest state leader in the world after... Any guesses? Nope. Nope, he's, he's younger than Finland. Uh, and I'm not counting Boris Johnson's behavioural age here. <laughs> it's, of course, Giacomo Simoncini, the captain regent of San Mafucking Reno. <laughs> you disrespectful pieces of shit. Have some respect for the only surviving microstate in the Italian peninsula. Now, um, the oldest See, head of state... we're laughing and we're learning. The old... <laughs> the, um, I'll take one out of those <laughs> at any time. The uh, oldest head of state... The Queen. Yes, exactly. Uh, the, it's Betty Baubles, Lizzie Spanglehat, <laughs> Elizabeth II, the second. Uh, she's 95 years and eight months of pure God-selected monarch right there. The uh, six-foot-seven-inch professional banknote model. Um, <laughs> stands behind a pre- special prism so she doesn't tower over her subjects like Peter the Great did, so more humble. Uh, uh, mother of four. Is it still four? Has he been sacked yet, Chris, or not? Still four, still four. Um, and uh, de facto grandmother of 67 million. Um, <laughs> this is quite an exciting... Uh, I know you're both obsessed with Chilean politics. Um, <laughs> that's why you moved to the Southern Hemisphere, isn't it, Lloyd? To be, uh, be, uh, be cl- <laughs> closer to Chile. Um, on, on a latitudinal... Was it longer? T- anyway, it doesn't matter. The, um, uh, so, I mean, it's quite... It's, you know, it's an interesting that he's a sort of leftist, uh, anti-free markets, and he overcame the challenge of the self self-proclaimed Chilean Trump. Is this, is this a moment of hope? I just think it's f***ing good. I try to write jokes about this, but he's just f***ing awesome. On the stump, when he was campaigning, he vowed to bury the neoliberal economic model left by General Pinochet and raise taxes on the super-rich to expand social services, fight inequality, and boost protections of the environment. I, I, very, I very much enjoyed that his uh, predecessor was a self-described... Uh, conservative billionaire <laughs> like is, is there any other kind <laughs> but if you're a conservative billionaire you're like well I don't want to go into space I'll just, I'll just visit the botanic garden <laughs> his opponent was fascinating right Jose Cast uh, as a lawmaker Cast has a record of attacking Chile's LGBT community and advocating more restrictive abortion laws so basically similar politics to Andy's ultimate <laughs> And uh, in recent days, uh, both candidates tried to veer towards the centre. I'm not an extremist. This is a quote from Cast. I'm not an extremist. I don't feel far right, Mr. Cast proclaimed in the final stretch, even as he was dogged by revelations that his German-born father had been... (laughs) (laughs) ..had been a card-carrying member of Adolf Hitler's Nazi party. (laughs) Now, being a member of Adolf Hitler's Nazi party is one thing, but don't carry a card. (laughs) You know, that's just rubbing it in, I think. <laughs> but he didn't feel far right, Andy, so it's, right. it's all about how you feel, you know? That's good. So, he, I mean, the key voter demographics in the Chilean election were uh, young people, 
women, people who give a shit about ephemeral trifles like inequality, the environment, the future, and justice. Now, there's not usually enough of them to swing an election, <laughs> um, but uh, especially in Chile, where the key vote is often split by the influential this country should be less long and thin lobby. <laughs> who, um, we want the ridiculously slender nation to be squidged down into a less absurd shape to increase the sales of commemorative T-shirts with the silhouettes of the country on. Um, spokesman for the uh, party said, we're pretty much restricting our sales to people who are over seven foot two and are really skinny, and not many of them come on holiday to Chile because they're mostly too busy playing professional basketball. But, but anyway, they managed to overcome this issue. In, um, and he defeated, you say, uh, Jose Antonio Castro, who described himself as a, was described as a free market firebrand which I believe is a polite way of saying massive <laughs> and Reading between the lines. El so I believe. <laughs> um, that's the news from Chile <laughs> this week. We will report exclusively on um, uh, quite how quickly that dream falls apart over the next few years. Yes, um, I look forward to the CIA coup being initiated <laughs> under, post-haste. under yeah. the dull thud of political and economic reality. Right, I think that's it. It's been an absolute delight uh, talking to you. Uh, Chris, thanks very much for joining. Have you got anything else to say to our uh, you know, Australian um, crowd here? Go for Tom. Go now. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thanks. It's quite, it's quite an inconvenient time. So thanks. Uh, give it up for Chris, who does such a huge amount for us. Christmas jumper there. Um, have you got any any final messages for Chris? Thank you, Chris. There we go. Yeah. And by that we mean Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, give it up for Tom who got the whole thing started all those years ago. Welcome, uh, welcome back. Um, there's. Please show your appreciation for the wonderful Tom Ballard. Back on Merry the Bugle. Christmas, Fantastic everyone. Noise. And on the Bugle debut, Lloyd Langford. Thank you very much for coming. Thanks to the European Beer uh, Cafe uh, for having us. And I'll see you all next time. Goodbye. Everybody, give it up, Andy Zaltzman. Recording stopped. Hi, it's producer Chris from the Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.